Today on Podcast Demastered, we discuss what features and genres from gaming define us. So join us for a brand new episode right now. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 6 of the podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Meyer, and I'm joined, as always, by my two very good friends, Wade and Chelsea. We got a good show today with the party chat topic that I'm personally really excited about. But before all that, let's circle the wagons here and talk about some of the more newsworthy, noteworthy, whatever, things that happened. (laughs) (laughs) Things that happened since we last recorded, because it's actually been a while with the the holiday break. Um, I guess the biggest thing of note is the release of Black Widow in theaters and also on Disney+. And most of us have seen it, so... Wade, what's your uh, what's your take on what's your take on that film? My take on Black Widow is that I loved it. I loved it. Um, there is what a surprise. I yeah, I know, right? Um, <laughs> hey, no, I don't really it have, actually was really good. It it really <laughs> was like it was a nice story. It was right there. Um, you know, everything was nice and in place. Very, let's move it. Let's move it. Let's move it. Um, the action was great. I mean, it's a Black Widow movie, so you'd think it would be. Um, you know, and it was a great... I feel it was a great send-off for Scarlett Johansson, the whole character, um, with with plenty of stuff to look forward to in the future as well. Yeah. I, so. Chelsea, what about you? What are your... Uh, you're the other one that's seen it. What are, your, what are your takeaways? Yes. So, you know, as I mentioned previously, I tried to go in this movie with really low expectations and tried actually not have expectations but i will say it's definitely worth a watch it was quite enjoyable um i definitely think it you know definitely adds more character development to natasha it was great to see lots of good action it was pretty well paced um i liked a lot of the characters that you know she interacts with and everything so i think that's really cool my of course biggest problem with this movie was that i had a problem with it being like released now i just feel like it doesn't do her character justice having this movie like after the fact after endgame and i know i kind of mentioned the stuff before like yeah ethan i think it was just our made-up theory we had that i was switched with captain marvel but really should have come out yeah before and i think we her death and stuff would have like i feel like had more of an impact by having this movie and this movie also could have been the first of a couple for black widow but we don't really get that opportunity with Natasha's character, I feel like. So I think that's a little unfortunate. Yeah, that's that's also, you mentioned that's kind of weird because I did see that the director came out in an interview saying that they would like to do more Black Widow stories. I just don't really see how that's possible or necessary, <laughs> either or. <laughs> well, I can understand them doing it with uh, some of the other characters that were brought up in the movie. And, you know, right. we can go into some spoilers and everything by being that there's like, like a ton of the characters that were in the program and like all these like really cool characters that they'll probably bring them together and they could make their own like lots of in a way many black widows or something (laughs) (laughs) yeah without um uh, without getting too heavy on these spoilers just because i guess it is still fairly new it's not even been out a week yet um (laughs) the uh 
I'm assuming it's Natasha's sister, or somehow they're, or are they just like widow sisters, not actually like, what's their relationship yes. in the film? And my second, uh, second part to that question is, does this film do anything to set a future up for her? Uh, they're not real sisters. Um, they're they're kind of widow sisters, but they were like uh, undercover undercover agent family. Like when they were little kids, like after Natasha had been through the program, um, and then and then uh, Yelena went in it after like this mission was completed, and like their little make believe family kind of broke up. Um, but the the movie does does create a future for Yelena. Yes, I would agree with that. Is uh, and... what do you guys think of that uh, character introduction and like her portrayal and everything? Does it work? Um, if if she's not your favorite character in the movie, then I don't know what the hell you're doing. <laughs> no, she's a good character. Yeah. yeah. I like her. I like the actress. She did a good job. Oh, yeah. I mean, except, you know, I mean, we could get a little nitpicky about how she somehow magically has a super thick, fake Russian accent. But, you know, <laughs> she worked with it. <laughs> she did. Yes. <laughs> what about the... Uh... Um, I always forget the actor's name, but he plays Hopper on Stranger Things. If you guys know that show, um, uh-huh. is he? What's mm-hmm. his? Is, what's his superhero character's name? Red Guardian? Is that what it is? Yeah, he's yes. he's the Red Guardian. He's basically yeah. Russian's version of Captain America, like Super right. Soldier and all. Right. Yeah. Is he essentially just the comedic relief in this film? Because that's kind of how like the marketing made it set up to be. Um, sort of, but not squarely. I personally thought he was the most annoying character in that movie. Oh, That's for sure. My... I mean, <laughs> yeah. I think it, he is an, like, as Natasha put in the movie, he's an idiot. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's Russian Russian brainwashed, and he doesn't really think too far into into the, the deeper meaning of things. Um, so, he's like... Narcissist. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. <laughs> my other... Uh, my other curiosity that i had before this film came out and i haven't seen all this stuff on uh uh twitter and a lot of fan reaction it doesn't seem like taskmaster is being uh being one of the highlights of the film (laughs) as a character so i've seen a lot of people saying that he was squandered (laughs) if if you're like a huge taskmaster fan um then i could see why you'd think that but, like, as always, you need to come into the MCU movies without expectations of how, like, things are going to happen, just purely based off the comics. Um, so it was just another one of those issues uh, where you find out, like, who Taskmaster is, and people feel that really ruined the character. Right. I guess for me, I don't... Uh, me going into the film... I don't have any of those comic origins that I'm, like, looking to make comparisons to. I'm looking at it as just, like, a film fan, and I like really good villains. Is he at least a good villain in the film? Even if he's not, like, comic accurate? He's a good villain for the story that is being told in there, like, to foil Natasha and her past and stuff. Okay. Marvel villain, yeah. (laughs) If that, if that made any Chelsea sense. Chelsea said she, it's a Marvel villain, so that lowers my expectations quite a bit. <laughs> so. he's, he's, he's not the big bad in the villain. 
or he's not the big bad in the movie. Okay. He's in the movie, like throughout the movie, but he's not. He's a henchman. He's not the villain. So there's someone pulling. The, not the villain anyway. So there's someone yes. pulling the strings. That is that reveal interesting, or is it just kind of like some sort of like shadow corporation kind of deal? Just kind of basic, but it's it makes sense. Again, for the story. it's it's all tied to Natasha's story. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, would you guys recommend it for people to go to go watch or to pay the thirty dollars for Disney Plus, or is it like a wait and see kind of thing, or? What was your what is your guys' uh, final final review? I think it's I would worth the watch. Yeah. yeah, of course. Okay, cool. You guys here, uh, listeners? You heard it here first. Go sp- <laughs> go watch Black Widow <laughs> and Ethan. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we'll we'll talk we'll talk offline. You guys can ruin the film for me, and I'll save the thirty dollars. <laughs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so another Disney property that came out this past week was the monsters inc uh spinoff tv show that's exclusive to disney plus that's called monsters at work uh i know chelsea and i have watched it chelsea what are your uh what are your first impressions for this new uh for this new show big sigh there that's my reaction um disappointment now Sure, I wasn't really having... I didn't have, like, any expectations for the show. I was just like, oh, Monsters, Inc., you know, this little show, that should be fun. Well, first off, the animation is pretty bad. And it's very noticeable, because, like, you expect, you know, at least some type of quality animation, because it's based on a Pixar property. But, of course, Pixar is really not directly involved with this, so that really shows, not just in the animation, but in the characters... And I think the one shiny moment I will, I will mention now is the fact that they were able to bring a lot of the original voice actors into the show. So that's pretty well, cool. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, they do have they have John Goodman, uh, Jennifer Tilly, um, Billy Crystal. It's also confirmed that uh, John Ratzenberger or whatever, who voiced the Yeti in Monsters, Inc., he'll mm-hmm. be in the show at some point. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and the I, I don't remember the guy's name, but the voice actor that did Roz, uh, mm-hmm. he was he was also in it. So it does have a lot of the uh, kind of the fan favorites from the original Monsters Inc. and Monsters University to to a lesser extent. Yeah. Um, my initial takeaway was it was really nice seeing that the uh, some of the OG cast made a comeback, but watching the show and just kind of listening to the delivery of some of the the dialogue i don't know if it's i'm sure it's partly the script's fault but a lot of the uh the delivery of their lines seems like tired like they're just not into it and it kind of lacks that uh bravado that they put forward into with the movies because like john goodman's sully seems like he was half asleep when he was delivering all of his dialogue And also, Sully as a character looks horrendous. The, you know, Chelsea, you mentioned it, the animation, the hair modeling, all that stuff just looks rough. Like, singing is so bad. Yeah. Um, Is it really? Yeah, especially for Sully. Yeah, it's it's not great. Um, It's definitely something, 
you know, Chelsea and I, we, you and I kind of talked about this offline. Mm-hmm. It seems like a show that would make perfect sense as like a Disney Channel, like something you'd see on Disney Channel for, you know, on their Disney XD or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess with the idea of it being like this, uh, the thing for Disney Plus, I had a little bit more, a little higher expectations in terms of quality, just because it was going to be like this big feature for the the streaming platform as opposed to just some swill they throw on Disney Channel. Um but it it lacks all that. <laughs> like there I feel like bringing back the old characters was kind of good for marketing sense, but I feel like it almost makes the show worse because some I feel like those old actors uh just don't just didn't care about uh putting in a good performance like billy crystal's fine billy crystal's billy crystal Mm -hmm. i feel like he's not acting i feel like he's just being billy crystal (laughs) so that kind of works but the the rest of them just it seems like they kind of just like came in read everything in 30 minutes and then left and never thought about it ever again and that's kind of that's kind of how i've how it's you know, some of the some of the new characters are very hit or miss. In fact, I think the lead character's not good at all. Um, and his whole story is, you know, it's. I mean, the the worst thing about the show is the writing. <laughs> it's very. It <laughs> seems like and the animation. <laughs> yeah, I mean the animation the is very bad. The animation for just like I feel like just like a casual viewer would be would is fine or passable um chelsea being like somebody who really appreciates animation and like studies it and looks and into it at detail like he's gonna notice all of these funky things i think you know your average viewer especially a, ch- a kid or whatever it, it you know it's not it's not like horrendous where it's like a an insult to the eyes but <laughs> it's definitely not it it's more noticeable because you do have Monsters Inc. and Monsters University to compare it to, and it just looks mm-hmm. not the same. Um, oh, relating to the the new main character, yeah, he's pretty just kind of blah. And I think it's really weird. So the voice actor is Ben Feldman, who was recently on the show Superstore, Superstore, and. His character that he plays in this show is very similar to the character he played on Superstore. And mm. so it's very weird just watching him being like the new guy and just being like, well, I'm supposed to be doing this. And then be like, oh, you're not. And he's also slightly annoying. I came to find his character like charming on Superstore, but so far on Monsters at Work, it's just annoying. <laughs> and I, I, I guess it's also important to point out that I don't know how long this show is, like how many episodes they have scheduled. So far, there's only two. They dropped two when it came out. So, you know, we're talking about literally just the first two episodes. The show, maybe yes. the writing, or it goes in interesting directions. But so far, you know, with all pilot episodes for something, it's a little tedious because it's a lot of just establishing mm-hmm. uh, characters and just like the, the groundwork for the storyline. Uh, episode two i felt was worse than the first one just because (laughs) it kind of fell into this weird loop where the writing was so like something would happen visually and then a character would basically reiterate what just happened orally in case you just didn't catch it (laughs) and that became (laughs) Mm -hmm. very 
just annoying because it's just like yeah I, I i can see what you're what's happening you don't have to literally it's like they were almost looking at the audience and explaining like hey this just happened and this is gonna happen next <laughs> you know it was like pandering like it was oh my god <laughs> was, the second episode so was qu- quite bad there was a couple funny lines here and there there's one specific character that just has a couple toss away lines that kind of you know get a giggle little 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 peppering of some dark humor in there but it lacks the Pixar charm and it lacks the Pixar quality. So I would not recommend it to, uh, you know, like people our age who are fans of like the original property, but it's perfectly fine for, you know, kids or whatever, you know. Yeah. Although to be honest, I think some kids would honestly find it boring. Yeah. I mean, the first two but, episodes, you know, the- it's up to you. Yeah. Yeah, the the first two episodes, the 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 kind of like closed uh, episode arcs aren't super interesting, and there's not a lot happening. So, in terms of just like excitement, uh, or I mean, really any sort of like conflict at all. So, <laughs> I don't know. But like I said, two episodes in this this thing could be. I don't know how many. It's scheduled to have. It could have twenty episodes. I don't know. You know, it could go places. It's supposed to have ten. Yeah, they could always change that. So, so yeah, it, it's a it's a it's a fluid thing. But yeah, initial impressions are mediocre at best. I would say. <laughs> so. Yep. So yeah, um, and so moving on from that show, we move on to a really good show. It, that had its <laughs> penultimate episode, and that was yes. Loki. Crazy. Um, oh, man. Wait, I'll go to you first. Uh, what was your initial reaction to the penul- penultimate episode of Loki? Um, I don't even know where to start. Like, it wasn't like a huge, like, mind-blowing, holy crap episode. Um, like, they didn't, like, drop any major bombs or anything like that. Um, you know, this, the huge collection of the variant Lokis and all their, like, fun different forms and stuff like that was just great to see. Um, and kind of seeing, like, where the finale is going to take us. Uh, you know, like, there's just, it was just, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of good stuff in the episode there. Yeah, I feel like this is when the uh, the Easter egg department was like, hey, let's just drop everything in this episode. <laughs> Did you hear about the big one that Marvel said no to? I did not. What what, what was the uh, what was <laughs> the big one? On? Apparently, the writers of the episode tried a bajillion times to write in Batman anywhere in the episode. What? Um, and Marvel kept scratching it out. They kept saying, "Nope, stop it, get out. Why are you doing this?" I mean, I'm a huge <laughs> Batman fan, and that seems very dumb. <laughs> so. That would just be weird. <laughs> Like, I've seen so many uh, breakdowns. It's like, oh, all the Easter eggs. And it's just like 15 pages of just like random nonsense that are, that was, you know, that was thrown into that episode from the... Oh, for sure. From yeah. the Thanos there's so copter. Much, there's so much nonsense. The the frog <laughs> and the, uh, oh God, the, uh, what is it? The Divine Tribunal. Is that what it's called? Like that was in yeah. there and... Quang or King or King Tower instead of Stark. Like it's just it's it's nonsense. There's so much. It's and ultimately it's all just you know throwaway. I'm sure it has nothing. I I doubt it has anything. Mm-hmm. 
that means anything just moving fun. forward. It's just <laughs> yeah, it's just fun nonsense. Um, do you guys have a favorite uh, variant from the episode? Um, vote uh, it, President Loki. President Loki. Yeah, because like they put him in the trailer, yeah. um, so people were freaking out about it, and it's like nope, he was there for like twenty seconds, and he got his hand bitten off, and you know it doesn't even matter. <laughs> yeah, I do like that they kind of like pulled the rug out, but not in like such a awful way that it pisses fans off. But it's all like, oh yeah, this is just a completely variant. You know, it's not the show's loki is just some other random loki so (laughs) i kind of did like that i thought that was kind of funny um i really dug uh classic loki i thought just as you know his character and like his powers and just like some of his like dialogue and him talking about how he tricked thanos like i thought that was really really cool Mm -hmm. and i just really like uh richard grant as an actor i thought that was like that was perfect oh yeah it was great to like get to see him in something like that yeah i thought that was really cool Chelsea, what are your uh, what are your what were your takeaways from the show? I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I I liked yeah the original Loki, and I still like our like core characters. It was good to see them all together, and yeah, I mean it was a fine episode. I don't have too much to say about it. I wasn't super into like being super excited about seeing all the different Loki variants and everything, but. If anything, that's gonna that's gonna be the popular uh, Halloween uh, theme <laughs> this year. Is everyone's just gonna be a variant Loki? Heck like yeah. I could just well, I think, yes. like, calling it I now. I think the the point that the show's trying to make is that we're really all variant Loki on the inside. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also, you know, I was kind of, I was kind of joking, I was kind of joking with Chelsea uh, earlier in the week that this is like, this is the episode that took all the budget for the show because, because <laughs> damn, no they had a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. A lot of special <laughs> effects, the, the void apocalyptic weird kind of wasteland world looked incredible. Way better than uh, that planet that they're on later, or you know, earlier on in the season that looked really bad, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Like this episode, oh, it was bad. <laughs> special effects wise, looked amazing, and then the the you know, the tempest and all that stuff was just really impressive. And classic Loki building Asgard like a spectral Asgard, like all that stuff looked really good. I thought it was really cool. Um, yeah, all in all, it was a really good penultimate episode because it did kind of leave like this weird sort of uh teaser thing like oh who's you know who's behind the veil who you know who's in the castle who's pulling the strings um if i had to nitpick it all i feel like the judge uh what's her name ravana or mm-hmm. revana or whatever i feel like that kind of just you know she kind of just that storyline that are kind of just spun in place like nothing really She's just like, oh, I want to figure it out. And it's just kind of like, okay, cool. We all do. <laughs> so, Congratulations. Yeah. You're, you're with like, everybody now. else now. <laughs> yeah, like, like her intentions and are, like, you know, I, I get it. They're trying to, like, pull us along and she's supposed to be mysterious. But it, it gets to a point where I'm just like, I don't really know what you are part of the show for anymore. Like, I don't, like, mm-hmm. your purpose is starting to wane thin a little bit. So, mm-hmm. 
Uh, I was really glad that Mobius came back. You know, Wade, I think you called it. You said that it would happen. So I'm glad getting more Owen Wilson. It's always a good thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, all in all, I, I really liked it. Do you guys have theories on who's in the castle? Do you even want to, like, theorize that? I feel like the internet's already going crazy and, you know, from Doctor Doom to Kang the Conqueror to, you know, who, whoever, you know drop in whatever Maybe. mysterious figure you want i'll i'll take a guess because why not right yeah so i think it's just simply it's another variant of loki i think the show is just gonna keep it simple you know it's been about loki from the beginning might as well be at, about loki at the end it's about variants it's one season all these other uh you know marvel shows we've seen so far we haven't seen any of these big reveals yet, and I don't think this is going to be the first show to do that. So I'm just keeping my expectations low and just keeping to what we already have going on in the show. It's just another variant. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you in the in terms where I don't think it's going to... This is the show that's going to have some uh, huge reveal that has ramifications moving forward into the grander, you know, MCU universe mm -hmm. i just don't think that's what their plan is for any of these shows so the idea that they're gonna reveal dr doom or king the conqueror seems very far-fetched and i'm tired of getting my hopes up for that kind of shit because it's ruining these shows when i do that so <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i agree i don't i think it's gonna be some something that's uh smaller more contained um you know variant loki sure you know, it could even be a, a different version of Sylvie or something. Maybe her Nexus event is that she ruins time. Like, who the fuck knows? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of on the on the train where I'm like, I don't even want to take, I don't even want to uh, put some of these bigger figures in that castle because it's just gonna break my heart when that doesn't happen. So mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, you know. Yeah, it's cool to see this giant castle behind the veil, and it's like, oh my god, you know, that's that's Doctor Doom's castle. They're finally gonna do it. And it's just like, no, they're not. They're not doing it. Like everybody just needs to calm down. <laughs> exactly right. Everything and it's time. It'll be okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all in all, I feel like this has like, if they can nail the ending, I feel like this has probably been the best Marvel show out of the three. Mm -hmm. In my and you know, my humble opinion, I just think, you know, the writing has been on point. I mean, even the episode that I didn't like as much, it wasn't, like, so awful that it ruins anything. It was just more like I was, you know, there was so much, uh, so much thing, you know, so much stuff going on that my expectations kept getting higher and higher, and that episode kind of just, like, brought me back down to reality a little bit. <laughs> so, but all in all, I feel like the show has been absolutely fantastic, so. Um... So yeah, one episode left. Uh, just a couple days, all the uh, all the questions will be answered, or not. You know, <laughs> or some not. of them will be, <laughs> or not. So, <sighs> either way, I'm excited for it. Can't wait to finish it off. Um, does anyone know when the next, like, it's um, it's it's Hawkeye, right? Hawkeye's the next one. Um, well, what if what if is in August? But well, yeah, you yeah, don't yeah, want to yeah. count that. That's fine. Yeah. I'm super excited for what if. Um, I think that's just mm -hmm. going to be fun. That's just going to oh, be yeah. a bunch of nonsense yes. that I'm all I'm all about. I do think if it's successful, they should do what if 
for other properties. I've seen a lot of people talking about they should do What If for Star Wars. I think that would be awesome. Mm. So hopefully hopefully What If gets the numbers they're looking for and works because I think that's a really cool premise to kind of go nuts with for a lot of IP. So, um, But yeah, I guess Hawkeye's the next live-action Marvel show. And that's like... Isn't like I don't September? think there's an actual date. Uh, I think it's later than that. Yeah. So we we yeah. There's gonna be there's gonna be quite the gap. I mean, we got there's Black Widow. Shang Chi will be before then. I think September third. Yeah. For Shang Chi. Yep. Is September third? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And then Eternals in November and Spider Man in December. Jam packed. When do you uh, when do you guys think we're gonna get that Spider Man trailer? I feel like we've gotten a trailer for literally everything besides that. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> Maybe by the end of the month. Who knows? <laughs> no, no trailer. Just go watch the movie. They can get away with that it. Would be it's wild. Fine. That would be. I mean, it could work. But I feel like if they don't have a trailer by August or September, like before, like Shang Chi. I feel like they're doing it because they're hiding something. Could be. And they don't want to, like... Because if it is some big, crazy, nonsense movie that has, you know, and let's say, like, at least half the rumors are true, it's going to be really hard to skirt away from that, even with marketing. And I doubt that they would want to do that before a lot of these other big tentpole movies come out. Mm-hmm. But if, if, you know, if all that stuff's bullshit, then there's no reason they can't drop a trailer whenever you know is my is my take on it like they could drop one next month and if it's just another spider-man adventure then why not but if it's some crazy nonsense i can see them trying to keep play tight to the chest you know i can see that wow they could always just release something you know kind of like annoyingly artsy you know like with some like vo and then like close-up like different angles of spider-man's suit and that's all we get <laughs> or like they, they could do what uh films used to do uh where the the trailers have footage that's not even in the movie <laughs> oh they still do that <laughs> they, they still do that but it's just not as like i feel like it's not as prevalent as like it used to be where it's like you see a trailer and like none of that shit's in the movie <laughs> <laughs> that way like, to mess with fans just put all those yeah. things that were all the rumors <laughs> in the trailer and it not be in the movie <laughs> it's funny that you say that because every trailer for every evangelion ever like anything that's evangelion um every trailer is always like that like the entire trailer is not in the movie i mean honestly it, if if i was marvel i would almost like get people together and just film a trailer <laughs> and have nothing to do with the film <laughs> just to throw people <laughs> off the scent you know <laughs> and like make the filming of that stuff like super like don't even keep it secret like so people are like oh i saw so and so on set did you see this oh my god they're doing this and it's just all for the trailer <laughs> that would be my marketing strategy <laughs> so yeah a lot of a lot of marvel stuff coming they're finally you know uh, starting to hit their cadence again, which has been good. It's been what two years since a Marvel film was in, like a, an actual film. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it's nice to finally kind of get back into that groove. So that's exciting. Um, do you guys have any other any other takeaways from Marvel in general or Loki before we move on to the uh, party chat? 
Okay. Mm, nope. No? All right. All cool, good. Cool, cool. All right. So let's go ahead and move on. Um, today's party chat is kind of a uh, kind of a different one. Um, it's a little bit more suited to us as individuals. Um, it's also taking it back to gaming. Um, we're going to be talking about the games that define us. And by that, I mean what what about a game speaks to us as the player that kind of draws in our interest and kind of uh, exemplifies what makes us like uh, a fan of that like you know you should be able to look at something and be like oh that's totally an ethan game because it has this in it or it has this sort of mechanic or it's this you know it's this genre so that's something he would totally dig uh, you know etc etc so we're kind of just gonna go we're just going to kind of go around and just kind of talk about, you know, I don't know, what do you guys want to do? Do you guys have multiple things you want to do like uh, twice around or you just have, you know, how you guys, how many things do you have that define you? <laughs> Man, I, I don't know, like for my answer is just, I don't, it's not like a straightforward answer, I think. Um, it just kind of, it just kind of depends. Like there's so many things that could mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, point me in the direction of a game. Like. Uh, for me because i've been i've been gaming for you know since i was big enough to hold a controller um a lot of times games are just simply franchise things for me right like oh a new final fantasy game comes out new pokemon game comes out super smash Bros. whatever you know whatever it is yeah, yeah yeah and i'm there like they already got me it's fine um but then um when other games come up uh there there are some factors that will have, they have a stronger chance of me either buying or completing the game because sometimes those are two completely different things right <laughs> as we we i think we all know how that goes yeah i guess it's um, i guess it's important to note that these aren't the things that are the only aspect that of that makes us like uh who we are as gamers because you know like wade was saying he's very much into like franchises for me, I will pretty much... I can't think of a single genre I haven't played besides maybe dating simulators. Um, Ethan Meyer. I know, right? Well, I just... <laughs> I actually thought about playing Dream Daddy, which is a dating sim, but... But, you know, I didn't feel like paying the... the it was like four ninety nine on iPhone or some shit, so... <laughs> but I pretty much, like, I'll dip my toes into, into most things, but there is, you know, there's 100%... Uh, certain aspects or mechanics or whatever that immediately draw my interest and it's like oh i for sure want to try i want to at least try this out more so than something else so that's kind of more what we're what we're getting at is like what's gonna immediately draw our interest not totally like this is end all i only play a game if it has this so it's mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of you know it's a little more floaty it's not so concrete so uh, with that being said, Wade, you want to go ahead and just kick us off and just kind of, you know, besides yeah, franchises, so, what's something that yeah, will sway well, you? Even even with, if you go back far enough, it's because of these things that the franchises pulled me in in the first place. Um, but for me, grow, growing up, gaming was a form of um, escapism. Um, not just in like a casual, like, I just need something to de-stress and get my mind off of things. Um, but to like remove myself from, from my life growing up, 
uh, to put myself in like better circumstances and stuff like that. Um, and so I grew immediately attached to like anything that was fully immersive in a different world, basically. Uh, that's why Final Fantasy really, really hit so hard when I was growing up. Um, you have full, fully developed worlds with lore, with characters who all have relationships to each other, uh, fully moving storylines that go back and forth through, you know, 40 to 60 hour games, things like that. Um, and the music, the music has always been a huge thing in gaming. Um, and but you roll all those things together um and that's that's pretty much me as a gamer if it's too real if the game is just too real like it takes place in the real world or it's just about mundane things um like dating simulators <laughs> uh, i suppose so i guess um you know, you know things like sports and racing games um right. they're not they're not for me because those are real things um, you know, switch to Mario Kart. Well, that's not real. You have you use you have the use of items and and other things that make things a little more chaotic and silly. Yeah. Um, but add some fantastical elements to anything, um, and I'm there. Is there? I've always um, I know that you've been more on the side of uh, like the JRPG side of the fence. Mm-hmm. Is there a reason why Western RPGs have, uh, never really uh, spoke to you? Like, I know you played some, but, like, they're more time, more often than not, not something that you kind of get into. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it's, um, a lot of Western RPGs are more, like, they're less fantastical. Um, they're More, more grim, a lot of them. <laughs> yeah kind of not not necessarily dark even it's just like um east or western rpgs are just more based off of real life things like the viking concept well here's skyrim you know um although i I say that i love i love elder scroll so much um yeah i feel like that's a that's a pretty uh fantastical (laughs) series (laughs) yes there's plenty of lore to delve into and yeah um and in and stuff like that i think one thing that i've noticed from playing jrpgs and western rpgs is that jrpgs have more tonal balance where they have serious moments they have silly moments they have charm they have heart they have this that and like they have more of kind of like every thing on the emotional spectrum and a lot of western mm-hmm. rpgs kind of i don't want to say one note because i don't want to disparage well they, western they just RPGs. kind of focus on a tone yeah they pick a tone and they mm-hmm. kind of stick with that you know you have stuff like uh like dragon age and dragon age is extremely grim like there's some charming characters and a little bit but it's very much very dark fantasy mm-hmm. and they kind of stick to that and they play that pretty pretty hard you mm-hmm. know you don't have uh cutesy silly funny characters you know kind of to kind of play like to, to kind of play that balancing act like a lot of jrpgs do like right and that's something that like can turn a lot of people off because if you are using gaming as an escapism you don't want to play something that's incredibly dark and brooding and grim and depressing <laughs> <laughs> so. right. 
If your life is already <laughs> shitty, the last thing you want to do is play a game that makes you feel shitty. <laughs> so, yeah. so yeah. Now, I mean, having having said that, I've played quite a few JRPGs in my life um, that like left me in tears several points throughout the stories. Um, but it's the highs and the lows, you know. Right. Um, you can't you can't have you can't have happy without sad. Right. It's just that's just not how it works. Yeah, th- those those games, at least the ones that I've played, have a lot more like kind of peaks and valleys, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to just kind of like a, a straight line, you know, or just like a, a really good just arc, you know. So. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, what about uh, Wade? What about is there anything gameplay wise? that you either turns you off or is something that's like you know that really uh gardeners your interest yeah see now this is a good question because i really don't know how to answer it um there's not really a type of gameplay that really makes me say oh like oh my god i really have to play that um as as an older person um i'm i'm more on the action side of things yeah for you uh, though, for you, for uh for the listeners out there wade is 65 i am approximately approximately yes um i mean i don't mean like as an older gamer in today i mean like when i was younger um i would right no i know turn-based um take your time pokemon like that kind of give and take uh but these days i need something to keep me a little more focused (laughs) when i'm playing um so i i and i appreciate because of that i appreciate uh jrpgs have have moved towards the more action-oriented aspects of their gameplay. Um, that tends to keep me invested a little better. Yeah, I can see that. Is there is there a gameplay mechanic that is almost like an absolute turnoff for you? Um, First-person shooters. <laughs> I'm, so it, I'm so bad. I'm so bad. At has it. that always been the case, or is that something as you've gotten older, you're just like, no, nah, I just can't. Pl- I can't do this anymore. Um. It's always been the case, but as as I've gotten older, I've gotten more used to saying, like, no, this isn't for me, instead of, like, making myself be comfortable with um, other games to make other people happy, I suppose. Um, right. Like, like, I'm not... In my in games that I play, like, um, I, don't, I don't tend to like a whole lot of violence in my games. Um, and in, in most first-person shooters, it's, you know, like, you're just, like, let's go kill the other people. Um, and there's not, like, a reason to it. That's just the point of the game. Right. Um, and, and that doesn't... I don't get any adrenaline high. I don't get anything out of that. Um, there's no serotonin at all. Um, okay. Yeah, outside of Halo. I, I love myself some Halo. But Halo's there's a got, lot of... Halo has fan- a fantastic... Has a yeah, fantastic there's a, story. Like, there's there's something... a lot of stuff in Halo though that grabs me, and yeah. then the like the reward of playing the the FPS aspect of Halo is that I get to witness all this other stuff. Right. It's not like you're playing Halo multiplayer. You know, it's yeah, you're right. You're doing the thing just so you can get the story because it's an enthralling story. You know. You got it. Yeah. All right, uh, Chelsea. What about you? I'd say that I'm really into story-driven games, uh, specifically like action-adventure or RPG, and I definitely like to play in the third person. I really enjoy the like 
rich world or if there's like history involved i'm also a little bit of some space or superpowers and of course a little bit of disney thrown in there i'll enjoy those (laughs) games as well (laughs) (laughs) so i think some of the games that like kind of fit that are like uncharted mass effect kingdom hearts and like epic mickey so those are kind of like ones that kind of fit some of those elements that i like epic mickey Yes. Hey, don't you be, don't you be hating. Hey, no, 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 no vitriol over here. It's just, okay, good. I'm actually kind of sad that that didn't continue as a franchise. I feel like off the Wii, that could have done some cool things, you know? For real. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, Definitely beautiful art in that game. Yeah, 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 yeah. They could have, they could have, they could have continued that for sure. I, uh, I actually got a, I got a t-shirt with that game when I pre-ordered it. Um, in, in like college, like early college, I think that's when it came out for me. Um, and I wore that shirt all the time just because the artwork <laughs> on it was so freaking cool. There you go. There's, there's, there's a fact about me. You bet you didn't know. <laughs> well, I have one of those, uh, Disney pins that had the logo on it. I collect those Disney pins that like oh, you wear them at the parks with like on the lanyards and stuff. And oh, so okay. Like I was thinking, I was on. thinking like ink pin. <laughs> Oh, oh no! So, the so P I N, like uh, yeah, the actual like the ones that you get at the parks. Yes, yeah, I'm um, an avid collector of those, and um, yeah, I think one of them actually came with one of the the game I got or something, the Epic hey. Mickey, or I honestly got it from eBay. I'll get those pens. I got a Kingdom Hearts <laughs> one from eBay. Let's just put it that way. Hey, hey, uh, no, no judgment, yeah. no shame. Yeah, I went to went to Disney with my band kids a couple years ago, um, and I spent like I think it was fifty dollars. On, like, the three Kingdom Hearts pins that they had. (laughs) I went for it. it. Yep, I hear that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Chelsea, you said that you really like playing in the third person. Is there a reason why you don't like first person games? Yes. So, I guess I just pretty much have always played in third person. And I think it was very hard to get into first person. I have played first person a bit more now and everything. And I know we've played first person together, but I, that's like one, I don't know if it's like a depth perception thing or something, but like, I can't get behind your whole entire TV being like your person. I don't understand how to like walk (laughs) across like a small little thing. So I don't fall off or like, I don't know if I'm ducking if I'm actually not going to get hit or something, it's, I don't know. I have sometimes difficulty with that. And I don't like not seeing my character and know what's going on around me. But I know that's like, you know, kind of part of being the first person is to, you know, you're being in the moment and trying to actually look around you so you know what's going on. But I don't really like that. So (laughs) I agree that I think it's odd for games to choose first person if it's a game that has any amount of customization to it. Like I always thought it was odd that Destiny... Like, it does have some third-person elements to it, but primarily you're playing in the first person. And that's a game that's all about creating your own custom guardian, and you, don't most of the time, don't, don't get to see it. Yeah. Well, wasn't that a big thing about Cyberpunk 2? People were like, "What? Yeah. why do I and get s- to spend all this time here and I never get to see my character? And yeah, you'll, Neither does you'll, anybody else. Yeah, you'll spend an hour in Character Creator, and it's like, great, you'll never see this person. It's like, okay, cool, that was a huge... What was this, a loading screen? Like, what, what was the point of doing this? Like, <laughs> oh, man, the secret's out. That's, that's good stuff right there. Yeah, so I always thought that that was weird, too. Like, if, you know, games like, uh, you know, like Halo, where you're playing as Master Chief and he never changes, or, like, Doom, like, stuff like that, like, playing first person, 
where the character is just the character and you don't have any control of how they look that it's fine but yeah i agree if it's a if it's a user created character then having it in the first person seems extremely odd to me um mm-hmm. and it is first person platforming also is never easy <laughs> so when you're first <laughs> that's, person that's the truth <laughs> yeah like i feel like you know games have tried with you know like mirror's edge uh was basically just a first person platformer and then a lot of modern shooters are trying to add more platforming elements and it always seems odd and it always seems unnecessarily difficult to to do any of those moves in first person <laughs> and it doesn't make it any more uh engaging or uh, or i don't know it's just it's that's not why first person is a like platforming is not for first person really <laughs> i will say I just, no. I don't think it ever works no. the way that they think it should. Mm-hmm. Um, is there, is there a certain uh, mechanic or anything that is in a game that will sway your attention either one way or the other? I know you I said mean, you're still, really into yeah. story driven. I think both of you are yes. probably more on the story content more than mm-hmm. uh, gameplay side. But is there a certain gameplay element that's like oh wow i you know that's really cool i really want to try this out or oh wow this shit is not for me at all like yeah i try to be a little bit more open now with some things but i'm definitely not really into turn pace turn-based games it just i think it slows down things for me i like to be like in the now in the action like getting through things and taking my time with these things not having the game force me to be on its own time to get through things. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, turn base is really good for people who uh, uh, get distracted easily. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's because you know you can get in the action and it's like oh it's my turn uh, I'm gonna go make a sandwich or uh, <laughs> let me let me check my phone or let me you know like mm-hmm. I grew up playing a lot of turn based games because that was kind of how RPGs were. At the time, I wasn't. I never was really a PC gamer, so a lot of console uh, RPGs and stuff like that were pretty much just turn-based. And uh, I would still play turn-based. Like I like tactics games, and that's essentially just turn-based, uh, just in kind of like a different viewpoint. So mm-hmm. I've always kind of liked, especially being a dad to a toddler. Um, it's very nice to be able to be like, okay, it's it's you know it's my turn. Let me go see what uh, what the kids doing. I got to change a diaper, or I got to do this, or I got to get them a bottle, or you know, <laughs> it's nice being able to have that, that <laughs> to have that pause, you know, as opposed to playing a game where you're in the thick of it and you just be like, all right, I, I have to get to a checkpoint before anything, <laughs> before anything <laughs> happens. You know, those aren't those are not ideal no. parent games for me. <laughs> I can see that. Um, is there anything else, sto- like on the story side of things, are there particular stories that interest you or or don't interest you? I mean, I don't know if it's a story, but more of like a genre. I mean, I, I'm not really into horror games. I just, I'm not into horror movies either. I just, that's not something that's for me. I don't like being freaked out by things or really into... <laughs> creepy things just for the sake of being creepy or disturbing oh, like 
I hear that. See, <laughs> yeah, I, I feel I like Wade, watch... you're the same way, right? Well, I can. Wa- it's weird. I can watch horror movies and like not even flinch. I'm just like, oh, okay. But like, you put me, put me in like a in in one of those kinds of games, and I'm like crying. Like, I press start on the menu, and I'm like, please don't make me do it. Oh my god, I'm gonna die. Like, I can't. And I don't know if it's because like, it's interactive. I guess like the the player yeah, is that... me, so I'm making these decisions. Yeah, it puts the agency <laughs> in your hands. So, you know, when a, as a film, you're just like, oh, that sucks for that character. <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know that yeah. you're uh, uh, like a, it's like voyeurism. You're just sitting back and watching something happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when you're playing the game, it's like it's happening to you. And it really good horror games make it feel like it is actually happening to you. <laughs> you know? And I just, I just can't. Yeah, no, thank you. Oh, yeah. Bring back <laughs> Kingdom I'm not spending Hearts, my time please. on that. <laughs> bring, yeah. back bring, bring back Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> what? Oh, All right, this will never happen. But what if a Kingdom Hearts game was a horror game? Would you play it? I'd have to, but, you know. (laughs) It's a franchise thing. We just had that conversation. (laughs) Yeah, Chelsea, would would you make an exception if one of your beloved franchises went into a genre that you don't like? Would you still play it? I would have to research it more. I'd have to understand more behind the game and the purpose for it being that particular genre or anything to see if it's actually worth my time. I was going to say, because I... Yeah. I know you're probably going to say it, but Last of Us is basically a horror game, and I know you've played both of them. Yes. It, they were a little difficult to get through. I mean, the second, for obvious reasons, that's just like an emotional roller coaster in general. But the first one, I think it was almost harder for me to get through the first one and being like actually scared playing that game at certain times. Um, if I don't mention this now, I'm going to get like flack from my family because... Um, I honestly did freak out when I played the first Uncharted game. What? <laughs> At the very end, when, like, the zombies, like, pop out, I totally did scream. I will admit that. And I was wow. freaked out by that part because <laughs> they were hey, all hey, coming no, at me. Hey, I just no, no judgment. Hey, I know. Hey, I'm being honest here. And they yeah. were all coming at me. I was like, I am not into this. I don't like this. <laughs> I got through it, though. I beat the game, but... Doesn't mean I won't scream or yell out every once in a while. Hey, I I play horror games and I scream like a girl and I get freaked out and I'll have to play during the day with the curtains open, the lights on, like you know I, I'm I I know how I know how it is. Um, I remember playing the first Last of Us and I don't ever remember it being scary. I remember it being unsettling and just like there was situations that made me uncomfortable. That's kind of the bread and butter yeah. of that franchise. I had a lot of anxiety playing through like yeah. the half of that game. Uh, I can only play it. I can only play it for yeah. like an hour at a time because, yeah. like, by th- an hour into it, wherever I was, I was just like, I was just not doing okay. Like mm-hmm. my blood pressure was high. I was like, no, I just I gotta get out of this. I gotta yeah. get out of this. Now, when I played Last of Us Two, there's a there's a there's a part in that game that takes place in a hospital. And that is some mm. freaky shit. Like that whole, it's a pretty small segment. You know, it's not like a huge part of the game, but it's it's tense, and it had my anxiety uh, through the roof that whole time. Oh, um, gosh, yes. So I was I was actually impressed that Chelsea that you <laughs> continued pushing through <laughs> that because if it was getting my anxiety up, I knew it had to have been a hot mess for you to get through. Yeah. Well. 
I kind of was like knew that something big was gonna happen and I kind of slowly go around every corner and I just you know it just seemed like a part where I just stocked up on all my ammo everything I just went in guns blazing when I got to those crazy parts I'm like I'm gonna give it everything I've got and just die like, this is the end of the game for me let's go yeah I'm like I will get through this so yeah it yeah it was a lot but I'm like no I'm gonna get through this the str- the story is what really, you know, brought me in the first time and just kept me going and just, right. it was a lot. So I'm like, I'm going to get to the end. I want to know what's going to happen and see how it goes. But it doesn't mean it wasn't difficult <laughs> <laughs> in all kinds of levels. Is there any other kind of, uh, this be for either one of you, is there any other kind of uh, uh, mechanic in a game or like a system or something in a game that will kind of turn you off and make you not want to keep playing it? Hmm. Like I know Chelsea, you said you don't really like anything that's like turn-based anything like that. Um, Cause there's, I feel like uh, as games, as, as the, just the whole medium progresses more and more systems are introduced for better or worse. And a lot of people don't like system-heavy games because it does become tedious. Uh, good examples of that is like Red Dead Redemption, where there's just a lot of a lot of stuff to worry about. Uh, same with Death Stranding. There's systems on top of systems on top of systems. Um, since you guys play for story, does any of that stuff like turn you off? Even if the story is fantastic, versus just like there's just too much uh, like gameplay maintenance I have to worry about. Or do you just trudge through because the story is so good? I don't. I don't. I nothing comes to mind in trying to like think of a game that made me have to work too hard, like to get my character set up or to do you know just to continue with the game. I don't. I can't really think of anything. So I guess not. It does kind of affect me. I will say that I do have an example of a game that I haven't gone back to, but it's for a couple different reasons. But one of them was definitely the mechanics, and I, that was Dragon Age. It's, I mean, it's also because it's on the PS3, and I don't really play my PS3 anymore. <laughs> all, like that's why I'm playing my PS4, so I haven't gone back to it. But hey, it's on mechanics, Game Pass. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, but <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so. I'm trying to hide for the spo- have... sponsor dollars, so, you know. <laughs> I You're know, getting I paid? Know. <laughs> I'm not getting paid. Is it everybody who says they like Game Pass? Isn't that, <laughs> don't we all get paid? <laughs> the truth is out. I speak the truth there. Anyway, no, kidding. Um, But, yeah. So, I think that's one of the games that those mechanics were kind of frustrating and stuff. But I did enjoy the story and, every, like, the world, but... Like yeah, I said, the other factor was because it was on the PS3 and I had just got the PS4 and I hadn't really gone back yeah. to those games. That's part of the reason why, Wade, I know we were talking uh, earlier offline about Dragon Age and how I didn't think that you would like the first one because it is kind of cut from the PC cloth of RPGs where it is a little bit more uh, tedious doing things. Mm-hmm. It's not super action-oriented. It's pretty slow. And also that story is incredibly... <laughs> dark and unforgiving and there's not really a whole lot of uh uh, high moments (laughs) that make you feel good about really anything Uh, i personally really like that game because i really like dark fantasy and the writing and the characters are fantastic but the gameplay does it is kind of a slog um it's definitely something that you either you either adjust to it 
or you just or you just kind of you know like Chelsea said just kind of cut your losses <laughs> you <laughs> it know? does help oh. me though <clears throat> yeah I yeah I mean it. I did that with I, I bought Inquisition but I couldn't really get through it um, and after I stopped playing it I realized I wasn't even through the prologue yet like the tutorial segment of the Ooh. game yeah and I was just like oh well crap <laughs> Inquisition so, as that series has gone and I'm sure Dragon Age 4 will probably do this as well just because that's kind of how Bioware is moving in that direction but it Inquisition is definitely more uh like action oriented and it's a little bit more fast paced and if you you know if you think that game is like overly slow and system heavy then you will most definitely hate dragon age origins (laughs) so because dragon age origins is nothing like uh the other two games in that series oh boy so Mm -hmm. dragon age 2 is probably the most action oriented one it was also the one that had half of it it's kind of like a uh, kind of a sad story for that dev team because they only had like a year to work on it and it shows because that game is bare bones uh, it's extremely oh. extremely linear uh, reused assets reused maps re- reused areas you know it's very basic and you know with that in mind they had to make the kind of the gameplay very basic and very just kind of like not quite hack and slash but pretty damn close so and then Inquisition, you know, Dragon Age Inquisition kind of brought it back and made it more of like a full package. But kind of like with Mass Effect, if you guys played the first Mass Effect, it was a little bit more slow, a little bit more RPG oriented. And as yeah. that series progressed, it got kind of more into like a cover shooter. <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of just like Bioware's thing, you know, they with Dragon Age, it was very much kind of like a, uh, you know, those old like pc rpgs kind of like how like fallout was and stuff like that just kind of very slow very methodical and then as the series got older or yeah as it progressed and got a bigger audience they kind of made it more console friendly and fast-paced and stuff so yeah well i'm willing to give the new dragon age a chance once they start uh like releasing stuff for it um we'll see yeah i am curious i am curious with the what the direction for that is gameplay wise mm-hmm. um i'll already be interested just because i like the universe of dragon age but i am i'm kind of curious if they're going to lean really heavy and just trying to make it more an action game or if they're going to go back to their roots because i'd be fine either way <laughs> honestly so. right <laughs> i just want it to be good uh i have very tempered expectations from anything bioware touches nowadays so <laughs> but that, that, that's yeah. for that's for that's for another podcast that's for another episode <laughs> so ethan what about you yeah tell us well i'm the exact opposite of you two i play games <laughs> i play games for gameplay um i don't really i feel like the story is a bonus it's never really anything that i go into a game like um <clears throat> uh, games excite me for kind of the same way with wade like i've always seen it as like escapism but i don't necessarily mind if it is modern settings because i do love playing sports games i play football i play hockey i play basketball uh, i love racing games um you know i love shooters i grew up playing doom and rise of the triad and uh wolfenstein and uh you know quake and stuff like that 
you know, at the end of the day, for me, I just want the gameplay mechanics to be tight and to feel right and to be responsive. And it always bugs me when a game has gameplay mechanics that feel kind of choppy or it wasn't like the emphasis or they're just kind of like bland. Um, A perfect example, oh wait, I know we've talked about it a lot and I'm sure you still disagree, but one of the main reasons why I kind of jumped off near uh, Automata is because I just got bored with just the gameplay loop of it. Mm Mm-hmm because it was very just kind of uh, repetitive and it, there wasn't enough gameplay mechanics there to keep me invested in the, you know, I'm sure the story is fantastic if you play all the alphabet endings or whatever, but I need the game to be fun to play for me to progress. And the story is just kind of like uh, a bonus. Um, yeah. I watch movies for stories. I play games for the game, you know? Like yeah, I'm playing, I'm playing Rage Two right now, and that's got to be the most batshit dumb story I've ever, <laughs> at least this year that I played. But that game is the ultimate power fantasy. Um, everything just feels right. The gunplay is is on point. It's super fun to play. Just blasting people around, driving around the wasteland. The world is really well uh, established. It's very well, it's very, you know, the design is on point. It actually feels like a, an apocalypse. It's not just like, oh, this world's post-apocalyptic, let's paint it brown and that's it. Like, this game has a lot of color. Um, so, like, for me, I just want the the gameplay aspect of it to just really sing. Um, mm-hmm. I That's part of the reason why I really like stuff like Dark Souls, and Bloodborne is because those gameplay mechanics are first and foremost like perfect they feel just tight and then they kind of just build from there and that's what I want from my game is I want the 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 action the thing that you're doing to be to feel perfect and then everything else is kind of a bonus everything else is window dressing to me you know mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, a good example was Hades Hades, the game playing it, just feels amazing. Everything about it just feels right. Oh, yeah, it's nice and smooth. Yeah, everything about it is smooth. The frame like frame rate, the fidelity, everything's perfect. The controls, like the buttons make sense, what everything does. Uh, and that was like... And then like the story, the it's actually got like a really well-told story, a really, uh, like, really good uh, like Greek mythology kind of universe that it's built around. And that's all just like kind of just like a bonus. I would have kept playing that game even if the story arc was complete shit just because it felt so good to play. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, same with like, I play sports games because I'm a huge sports fan. I grew up watching sports, so just the idea of playing sports just kind of like, uh, you know, like I'm not an athletic person. So for <laughs> me, it's just like living out a fantasy like, oh, I get to be an NFL star. You know, I get to play basketball. You know? Um, same with like racing. I've always liked... Uh, like, I'm not, like, a gearhead, but I do like cars. So, like, racing sims, like your Gran Turismos and your Forzas. Like, I really like that stuff. I don't really like cartoony racing. Like, Mario Kart's fun, but it kind of gets... Uh, it gets, I don't know, old to me. A lot of cartoony uh, racing games kind of just get... Especially if you're playing it by yourself. Like, those are more, like, mm-hmm. party games. Oh, for sure. Um, one thing that kind of turns me off on games 
is games that are purely uh, competitive. Um, I don't like battle royales. I actually I hate them actually. Like there's literally there's not a single thing about the concept of battle royale that interests me. I don't really like playing competitive stuff. I'm more of like a cooperative. You know, like give me a good co-op game. We'll run through a campaign. Boom, it's awesome. But you put me in a shitty world with a hundred other players, and unless you're you know like an esports player, you're gonna, you die instantly and it's just starting over. Like that loop, <laughs> that loop is not fun. There's nothing about it that feels fun. It just is boring and, and tiresome to me. Um, same with like really like online shooters. Uh, besides Battlefield, I don't really I can't think of another competitive shooter I like to play. I played Halo a lot when it first came out, like uh, land parties, but that's mostly because you're playing with friends. So it's more <laughs> just uh, a way to get everyone together. You, you hook up all your Xboxes, everybody brings their TVs, you're sitting in different rooms in the house, everybody shit-talking, you order pizza, or, you know. It was more like uh, the gathering that made it fun, not necessarily the game. I don't, yeah. like, I don't like getting on there and just playing with like, a bunch of random people, unless it is Battlefield, and the reason I like Battlefield is gameplay wise it's just so uh it's just so fun it's it's a perfect realization of like a battle simulator you know and it really always has been it has like the gold standard of uh like multiplayer uh, like a shooter multiplayer like i love it i've been playing it since it was on the pc i'll continue to play it even though it kind of goes against my interests because i'm not a really a competitive person but I just really love playing Battlefield. It just feels good to me. It feels right. It feels like home, you know? <laughs> um, games that are... Games that are, like, purely story and the gameplay is like was, like, secondary, I will play those, but the story really has to sing if I'm going to play a game that feels like shit or plays like shit or is bland or generic. And if it doesn't hook me within the first couple hours, I will bounce because I don't like playing games that aren't fun to play. You know, that's kind of what it boils down for me. It's like I want a game to be like entertaining. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I like I love the Assassin's Creed games because they're fun to play. I couldn't tell you a single thing what happens in the Assassin's Creed storyline because it's nonsense. But those games are just fun to play, you know. And that's kind of what that's kind of why I play games is I want something to be not only escapist, but I want it to be fun or innovative or unique. Like I want the gameplay to be the shining, the shining thing, not necessarily anything else. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it's part of the reason why I've been so kind of against kingdom hearts because from like, from a distance, I've always kind of seen that game as like being, story first and the story could be like the most incredible thing in the world but i've always seen the gameplay as just kind of just like uh i don't want to say generic because i don't want to shit on that game at all but it just doesn't seem like it's robust enough to keep me interested like everything i've ever heard about that game is it's like yeah it's just simple and easy to play it's nothing crazy it's the story that and the characters why people love it but i don't give a shit about disney characters or Final Fantasy characters, so that's never really been a draw. So that's yeah. why I've never really played that franchise. Like, if it was reversed, 
it's like, oh, you have to play it because it has like some of the best mechanics or some of the, you know, tightest gameplay or or it's revolutionary and in, in this kind of thing, then, you know, that would be why I would try it out. Yeah, I hear you. I can do that. Yeah. Like, that's why I'm like a big movie buff because I want the story in the movie to be good. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> I don't have anything else to do with it. You know, but as a game, like I want the game to be a game i want it to be fun to play if it's not fun to play then i don't want to put time into it you know (laughs) but it's hard for me to pick genres because like i said earlier i will pretty much try anything um i love anything from like just straight up sims like simulation games to rts's to 4x rts's to turn-based to action adventure to horror racing sports like i kind of card battlers i've been getting into more like (laughs) i you know i can't really think of a genre i haven't touched and there's usually something in every genre that i've liked you know so it's really hard for me i have franchises that i'll always go to uh halo being one of them just because i really love the lore and the storyline i'm invested um but there's been franchises that, like Mass Effect, I never played Andromeda just because it, I think I tried twice and it was just, it felt so shitty to play. Like it just didn't feel right. It felt like uh, my character was walking through like sludge and I just hated the way it, way it felt. So I just always bounced off it, you know? <laughs> and the fact that that game kind of is fairly divisive didn't really give me a lot of extra weight to push through it, you know? Right. Like if, if the game doesn't feel good to play or... You know, it's really hard for me to want to stick with it. Yeah, that says a lot about a lot of games, you know. Um, Yeah. Like, if if you're not enjoying playing the game, don't play the game. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, you're not being held to any expectation. Um, Yeah. Like, gamers gamers can get really bad about this. You don't, like, just because it's a big game, just because it's whatever, um, doesn't mean that you have to play the game or you have to enjoy playing the game or anything like that yeah yeah sometimes a uh, sometimes a game will get uh sometimes it'll kind of overstay its welcome and like that once the the kind of the nuance of the gameplay itself kind of wears thin if the story is not really really good mm-hmm. uh there's really no reason to keep going mm-hmm. <laughs> you know <laughs> And that's how backlogs get filled up with like, oh yeah, I have like forty games and I have ten hours in all of them, and I'll probably <laughs> never fin- and I probably never finish any, you know, like mm-hmm. that's how that happens. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people get kind of hung up on that idea where it's like, well, I have this backlog, I have to finish it. And it's like, yeah, well, if you didn't like playing it or you bounced off it, there's a reason for that, and you don't have to go back, you know, right. <laughs> like unless there's something that you really want to like, if you just didn't play because. Uh, you ran out of time or something else came out and you were meaning to go back to it you know it's different but i feel like a lot of people get hung up on the fact that they're like oh well i have to roll credits on this game even though i don't like playing it it's like nah you don't (laughs) (laughs) no you do not oh i sometimes feel like that though because i spent all that money on that game i need to oh for sure there's always the pressure you know yeah so that's why game pass is that's why why game pass is brilliant (laughs) because <laughs> it's like i can fire up a game on game pass and play an hour and be like nah this isn't for me and i'll never have to touch it again and i don't feel compelled to because i didn't spend 70 dollars on it 
you know. But I do, I do sometimes fall into that trap where it's like, oh, I just, you know, I did pre-order this. It's been, you know, I got the special edition. You know, it was a hundred dollars. I should probably at least finish it. You know, <laughs> like I've definitely, <laughs> definitely fallen into that trap before. Mm-hmm. But you shouldn't feel compelled to. You know, that money's already gone. So <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's already spent. You know. But yeah. <laughs> can't really think of uh you guys got any other any questions for for me anything you want to anything you want to know anything you want cleared up well i mean do you have any like go-to genres right now that you've noticed or are you still just playing a little bit of everything which i kind of feel like it's probably your answer <laughs> yeah i don't i don't think i have a go-to genre or like a fallback but i i will say probably in the last few years I have gotten more and more into horror games than I ever did before. Mm. Like I used to play horror games kind of based off of like, uh, like merit. If, if like a lot of people were talking about like, Oh, you should really play this. Like Resident Evil four was a, a, it's a good example. Um, Mm -hmm. that was like, you know, game of the year. Everybody was talking about how amazing it was, this, that, and the other. So I was like, Oh, I should probably, I should probably, try this out you know everyone's talking about how brilliant it is i should probably at least play it but at that time i never really played horror games you know but now i feel like same with kind of same with film i feel like we're kind of in like a horror renaissance where not only are there more of them but the quality of them is a lot higher and there's a lot there's some just horror games that are just really really good and yes, they will scare the shit out of you, and they're, you know, anxiety-inducing and this, that, and the other. But sometimes they're just like, you know, like the new Resident Evil Village is killing it. Like people are loving it. It looks fantastic. Like there, I haven't seen any really complaints about that game. I can't wait to get my hands on it. But even like Resident Evil Two Remake, that game is like pure polish. It's so much fun to play. I don't really think it's scary. But there are some areas, like, not necessarily, like, jump scares, but it is creepy, uh, just basically on, like, atmosphere. And there is some uh, more, like, tension because you're being chased by a entity basically the whole game. <laughs> so an indestructible source. Uh, so it does add tension, but it doesn't, it's not, like, scary. It's, like, a different, you know, it's different. But, yeah, I... I it's not really like horror isn't a genre I fall back on, but it is something that has been more and more a part of my uh, rotation more than it ever has been. Um, I guess if I had to pick something that was a fallback, it probably would be shooters because for the most part, they're like six to eight hours and it's just like pure ga- like gameplay bliss. Because like what he was saying earlier, why he didn't like them is the reason I love them. Because it's like, it's like junk food, you know? You just get in, you do a bunch of bullshit, <laughs> couple hours and you jump out and you don't have to have any comprehension of why or (laughs) or any you know any of that stuff Mm. it's just you just get in you do the thing and you and you hop out and you know that's really all i need sometimes (laughs) it's just like comfort food you know Mm -hmm. yeah for sure (laughs) and that's and that's what video games should be period at the end of the day you know yeah They, they really shouldn't be anything other than that yeah especially for me like as i get older 
you know, I'm a dad now, my time is limited, so it is easier for me to get in these these bite-sized experiences as opposed to starting something I know is going to take me 100 hours and that I really want to be invested in to, like, totally grasp all the concepts and the big, you know, the philosophical this and whatnot. Like, it's really hard for me to do that now because I usually put my gameplay is extremely limited. And if I play for 30 minutes and that for that whole week, by the time I fire up that game again, I'm not going to fucking remember anything I did. You know, or who's who, or what's what, or the story, or any of that stuff. So it is nice to have just, like, some junk food games mm-hmm. where I can just get in there, you know, kill some zombies, or blow up some whatnots, and and that's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, that's all I need. <laughs> so, yeah. There you go. Well, I've got a question for the both of you here. All right, what's up? Is there a game, like, from your childhood that you could always go back to because you know you're going to feel good playing it. Oh. I mean, like you, Wade, I've been playing games for 20-some-odd uh, years now. Um, starting out playing stuff on the you know on the nes playing a lot of those games i usually i usually don't go back and play a lot of retro stuff um for nostalgia or or really any reason just because i feel like i have so much stuff in the current that i want to play that i don't really have like a feel-good game to fall back on um I guess the 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 only example of that that I have would be a Halo, and mm-hmm. that's you know, and that was like what two thousand two, two thousand three, or something like that. Yeah, I mean, but we were like twelve, you know that that yeah, fits yeah, yeah. the category, you know. Yeah, but like that's something that I will always kind of go back and play, just because even though like from a gameplay standpoint, it's definitely aged and it doesn't feel as good as modern shooters. But like you said, that story is so damn good that I've. That may be one of the few franchises that I've played half a dozen times and never get tired of it. But, like, the idea of going back and playing stuff like Mario, um, like the OG, like, I just don't... It just doesn't uh, do anything. Like, a lot of those early games that I played, I never really have gone back to play them again or to finish. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, the on the on the Wii, or the Wii U, I can't remember which... And the Switch, and they have like the virtual console, and they keep, they bring back these old NES and SNES games. Mm-hmm. I think that's super cool, but I'll never play any of them. You know, if I even if I haven't, or even if it's something I finish, and it's like, oh yeah, I remember playing this game. That was really cool. I don't feel compelled to fire it up again. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So just because some of them have like kind of aged out of it, where I'm just like, God, this game feels awful. And I hate it. <laughs> and I don't almost <laughs> I almost don't want to go back and play stuff like that because it may ruin like, my like nostalgia. tarnish that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I just want to kinda of keep my uh my memory <laughs> happy. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> so Chelsea, what about you? I think for me, I don't think there's any like games that I would play by myself, like any type of single player games or anything that I like could go back to or like would fall back on. But I do think that um, if 
like I were to visit my family or anything and they were like hey we still have like our like Wii system or whatever or, like whatever various systems and they're like you want to play like Dance Dance Revolution or like Rock Band and stuff I'll be like yeah I'll be game for that my family <laughs> it loves to play games they're pretty competitive we've like played we have video games card games board games anything like that yeah. and so like or if my parents I think they'll still do it every once in a while they'll like break out tex- Tetris and play it on a system oh, yeah, so yeah, if yeah. I'm like visiting I'll play Tetris against them or, yeah you bring up you, know. you bring up Tetris yeah I still am guilty of having Tetris on my phone and that's just like uh like oh yeah let me, let me <laughs> oh, fire up a game of Tetris real quick and play don't Tetris. feel guilty I have I have Tetris too <laughs> yeah don't worry like, that's definitely something that I think I think puzzle games are something that never really get old because if the puzzle mechanic was solid then it's still solid now right you know mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, think the, yeah. I think the puzzle game genre is something that's almost like basically timeless and i really like mm-hmm. puzzle games i'm not the smartest person in the room so some of them infuriate me because i feel it makes me feel like a, a more of a dipshit than i already am <laughs> But I just I, I really like playing them because a lot of them are mechanically sound because that all that's all it is it has to be you know mm-hmm. and some of these games like uh, like Baba is you are just like these like crazy technical oh masterpieces God. I'm just like how does how does this how did you even how does this even work this is nonsense I love it I completely <laughs> forgot know? about Baba is you oh my God yeah like stuff like that like I I, cool. I really like those little those small experiences of puzzle games. I'm not really big into the, like, mist or the witness, where it's just like, hey, I'm going to drop you on this big mysterious island and tell you nothing and go have, you know, go, because that's not fun for me, because I'm too yeah. dumb to understand the context or to figure out what I'm supposed to do. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. I just wander around and just uh, frantically click on everything, hoping something happens. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, that's that's me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, like Tet- like you said, Chelsea, Tetris is a good one. That's a good... Yeah. And you mentioned board games. I feel like board games, especially mm-hmm. since they are commu- like a more community-focused, you're playing with other people, Like that's mm-hmm. always something to fall back on because you're just yes. playing with others, you know? And if it is a nostalgic game, like a Clue or something, for the most part, everyone knows how to play that, so you, can ju- you don't have to spend 45 minutes explaining... Mm-hmm this game is just like oh no let's play some clue or let's play some monopoly you know like like i'm i kind of fall in that same category like board games are always a good a good fallback you know mm-hmm. but yeah video games not so much i don't really go backwards in, in gaming too much wait do you do you have one since you had the question do you have something in um mind? yeah i i have a i have a good group of games that um that I can always go back to, and I frequently do, um, just because they're they're just they're such a strong part of me that um, I, I I don't ever have any issues. Like the biggest one that I can always go back to um, is Final Fantasy IX. Um, oh yep 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 yeah yeah because I know I know you've played nine and I know like the yeah. the battle system's a little outdated because it's a little slow. Uh, I can get past that, especially if you have like the remastered versions where you can like multiply the speed. Yeah, that was the greatest thing they could have ever done to that game, but going through that story again, getting to like go through the, everything with the characters and revisit like their traumas, but like their their victories and their triumphs and stuff. Yeah. Um, that that's that's always pretty feel good. Um, but also at any point, 
at any point i'm always playing through one pokemon game or another yeah i go back and forth on them um so i guess that could be in that category too yeah that makes sense i have gone back and played older i didn't grow up playing pokemon the games really like i remember i did play uh, pokemon red um but i never owned any of the handheld nintendo consoles myself so i only got to play these things when i was with friends like mm-hmm. I, my first nintendo handheld was the switch so <laughs> <laughs> you know crazy. I was, yeah i never owned any of the handhelds i was very much just a console console kid i didn't even own the super nintendo i just had the regular nintendo and then i had a genesis and then the next thing i got was i think i was one of the poor saps that got a 32x <laughs> And then, and then we got a Nintendo 64. So. <laughs> so, yeah. There was a really cool game on the 32X, though. It was like Star Wars Trench Run. And basically the whole game was you just like flying the next wing through the trench to blow up the Death Star. <laughs> it was Best super game cool. ever. <laughs> yeah, it was. I remember it being really cool. <laughs> but, yeah. I don't know. Is there a... You guys got, any, you got anything else? You got anything else to throw out there? This is your only chance. <laughs> to, to, to... <laughs> I'm good. All right, cool. Um, then yeah, I guess that's uh, it for that for that seg. Um, so yeah, I guess that's we already talked Loki, so I guess we can go ahead and and uh, t- you know put a little bow on this episode and be done with it. You guys, you guys, good with that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Um, well, as always, uh, like and subscribe. Uh, you know, send us reviews. We could we could use reviews, especially five star reviews. But you know, if you want to throw a one star, make sure you leave us a comment why it's one star. I really want to read that. Um, and if you have any questions, feel free to email us at demasteredpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at pod demastered and as always thanks for listening and we will talk to you next week bye